The podcast now arriving at Platform 1 is the full 10-yard service to Britball. Calling at Bristol Aztecs, East Kilbride Pirates, Manchester Titans, Behind the Scenes, Sheffield Giants and Tamworth Phoenix. This podcast is formed of three segments. Trolley service is not available on this service. Please stand behind the yellow line when listening. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Welcome in. Welcome in one and all to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. I'm your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. If you are new to the podcast, we welcome you too. We welcome you especially. Don't worry, we will take very good care of you. We're here. We made it. We made it. It is Britball Week this week, chaps. I'm very excited about this week. I'm just going to give a bit of exposure to a couple of teams, uh, a couple of players, looking at what it takes to play in this country, what it's like compared to other countries, and just a bit of knowledge and a bit of a bit of know-how about different aspects of the game. And maybe if you've been to a game and you're not quite sure about something, hopefully we can answer a few of those questions for you. Um, hopefully we ha- we'll have podcasts line up every, every day this week, so make sure you subscribe, rate and review to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Full10Yards, uh, same for Instagram, and we have a Facebook page too. Shout out to all our new followers on Twitter. Thank you very, thank you very much for the follow. Uh, really appreciate the the followers we have now. A bit of an army. I think the last time I checked it was over three hundred and seventy odds. Uh, which two weeks ago it was two hundred, and I made that silly video of all my NFL jerseys. So yeah, this week is all focused on Britball. Next week we will return with some uh, divisional previews, and then the weeks couple of the week two two weeks before the season starts. The last two weeks will be purely fantasy focused. So watch out for that. Uh, we'll be going few through the NFC East, the AFC West, and we're going to be doing some rankings as well. Uh, get a couple of guests on the show to talk rankings and um, draft ADPs and all that kind of stuff as well. It's Monday the 13th of August, so week one preseason games have already passed and just the multiple season-ending injuries uh, already to report. Darius Geist, Dion Kane, to name but a few. But that's for next week. That's this week. Uh, and in support of the Britball Week, we have a. I've set up a Just Giving page uh, to don- uh, donate donate to, which will look at supporting uh, double coverage, which will be a reoccurring theme uh, this week about trying to get them some support, uh, and also just a couple of other organisations that deserve a bit of funding, to, a, a bit of help, a bit of a helping hand. Uh, if you want to find out some more information about that, go check over on our website, 410yards.com, and click on the fundraising page there. Uh, and what we'll do is anyone that donates or anyone that wants to participate in some competitions, so some last man standing competitions, uh, some picking competitions, and maybe a fantasy league, maybe a best ball league as well, we'll sort those all out. So get over there or, or contact us on Twitter if you're interested in any, any of those competitions. We'll look to put those together. And please donate what you can. Uh, say it will go to some good causes and I know that the recipients will be very, very grateful. So first up on the tour of the Britboard train journey this week is the Bristol Aztecs. We're going to be talking with Chris Powells or Coach Powells 
Um, I never know, doing doing all these interviews last week, I never quite knew whether to call them by their first name but I, uh, or, or to call them coach. I, I figure now that I'm kind of practising for a team next season, I, I kind of call everyone coach. Um, not the players, obviously, they're not coaches, but um, you, you, kept, you catch my drift. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. I'm glad to say we are joined by Chris Powers, who is one of the coaches at the Bristol Aztecs. And coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how, how are you doing on this uh, fine Sunday evening? I'm good, thanks, Tim. Good. I'm glad to be on here to talk with you. Yeah, very. Um, I'm very uh, excited. So you you are the first uh, coach up, as, as it were, uh, on on my Britball week. So excited to see kind of behind the curtain what goes on behind the scenes uh, for coaching in in Britball games, and I'm very intrigued to see the maybe the differences between from team to team, maybe you know down south to up north, or you know depending on what division you are. But obviously, you are uh, associated with the Bristol Aztecs. But do you just want to give the listeners uh, a bit a bit background about you, your coaching? Um, and how you you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, I've been with the Aztecs probably about I think since 1992. So I've been there as a as a player and a coach for getting on 26, 27 years now. So I, I got into football the same time a lot of people did, like in the in the mid 80s yeah. when it started to get launched on Channel Four and it got really really big. So yeah, that that's when I really started to get into it. Okay. And what what kind of drew drew you to the game? Was there any, anything in particular? Well, as I mean, I was probably about fourteen at the time, and it came on, and it was it was very exciting. There was a lot of razzmatazz, a lot of excitement around the game, and as a spectacle, NFL football is 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 really entertaining and it really catches the eye. So that's what dragged me in to start with. So I started watching it. Um, and then I think once once you watch a game like that, you want to get involved. So mm-hmm. from then I started playing. You know, played six, seven years of youth football. Then went on. Um, and once my youth football career was over, I had to go down. Um, I wanted to go down Bristol and continue. So I played twenty years of senior football with the Aztecs. Once I'd finished um, my playing career, it's like, well, okay, what can I do now? How can I? How can I keep involved in the game? So I just kind of fell into coaching really in about um, two thousand seven. So did some positional coaching, did some coordinating, um, and I've been head coach for the last seven years. So what what um, what position did you play back in the day? I was a I was a defensive back. Oh nice. So okay. I was I was I was pretty short and I was pretty slow, but you know you made up for it with uh, with smartness and um, toughness. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, and I used to keep myself in shape, so I was able to play for a good twenty years. Nice. Um, and thankfully, I didn't have I didn't have that many serious injuries. No. Yeah, I'd quite a few, but nothing that stopped me from playing. No. Okay, and so uh, how? So obviously, yeah. Again, you you played uh, a while ago. Now, has, has there been any significant changes over, the, say, the last twenty years? Obviously, from when you played into how you coach now, or yeah, what what kind of been the main striking differences between between your playing days and what what goes on now? I think the main thing is there's a lot more um, awareness about player safety these days. Um, and obviously everyone talks about concussions and concussion protocols. It's a big part of the game. NFL preseason has literally just started and we can see how the NFL are trying to take take another lead on making the game safer. Because when I played, I mean, I was, I was concussed in games and went back into the same game. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't really have a lot of concussion protocols. I don't think anyone... Yeah, you, know, you take a hit to the 
head and it's like, yeah, are you okay? Walk it off and go back in. So obviously these days we're a lot more aware yeah. and we're a lot more, you know, we, 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 we guys take like three, four, five weeks off yeah. after they have a concussion. So, you know, the player safety is, is a lot more important than it used to be, I'd say. Okay, cool. And so obviously you're into coaching now and what, what, what kind of your, your favourite aspects to coaching? Obviously you say you wanted to put more back into the game, but are there any particular aspects of the coaching that you like? I, I think with coaching, it's just about the relationships that you build with players, you know, and, and other coaches. And, you know, I still talk to my old head coach back from um, 1990, you know. Um, so I think those relationships that you build just, just you know, they, they'll, they'll last a lifetime. So mm. building relationships with players and other coaches that, you know, you can continue after everyone's long stop playing. You know, that's, that's really you know, the best thing that you get mm. out of it. Okay, and so is there any on the on the flip side of that? Then is there is there any what kind of one th- or a couple of things you might change, um, you know, in the Britball game or from coaching standpoint for maybe for Bristol, or you know, in, in general. I think uh, I think it's just it's it's just a shame that we're still we're still like quite a small sport and we're still a minority sport. I just yeah. wish that you know potentially the government would have got behind us a bit more, but. Mm. Yeah, when the game first launched in you know, the late eighties and early nineties, and you had you had companies like Budweiser that were involved, and Coca Cola was sponsoring the league, and you know even even small teams were playing in front of crowds of three thousand people. Mm. You know the game was it was poised to be really big, um, and I think it just we just didn't really push forward with it. We didn't develop grassroots football enough back then. And and it, it kind of it all it almost died out, you know, towards you know early part of the two thousands. So we are, we're lucky, really. It's it's really the sport should be at least as big as basketball and ice hockey is in this country. So I think that it's a shame we're not further down the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, I suppose one of the biggest obstacles, um, I guess, is finance. And how how do you kind of con- combat that at the Bristol Aztecs? Well, we're quite lucky because we've got a great relationship with the. Um, We've got a great relationship with the college, so okay. we get to use you know fantastic facilities mm. that the Filton Pride use. You know, um, so we get to use some of those facilities, nice. which actually means that our subs are some of the lowest in the country. Mm. You know, I mean, I think I've heard of subs that uh, some of the London teams and some of the London players have to pay like four or five hundred pounds. Yeah, and we're playing like we we ask our players to pay about two hundred pounds. So, yeah, that's, that's, well, like I say, it's, it's, it's striking that balance, obviously, because, you, you know, any team that starts, you know, essentially it's a business first uh, in most aspects, you know, you need the money to be able to play. And but then again, you, you need to encourage uh, participation and get people interested. And so, you, you know, you, you do need to keep the, the, the money down in terms of you know, cost for players, especially for youth um, and, and, the, and the younger players. And yeah, you know. Couple of hundred pound, I suppose, is is like any sport is is kind of the prerequisite to, to you know. But when you get to five six hundred pound, that's you know people aren't you know gonna they're gonna go and find something else, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I and mean, we try to keep we try to keep costs down. I mean, yeah. we try to you know get a good supply of kit in our lockup that people can try. And you know, when they come along to our sessions, our taster sessions, they can try some of the equipment on, so they don't have to buy all the equipment up yeah. front so we try to keep costs down yeah. so we do a pretty good job of that okay so with with obviously bristol um a couple of games left obviously in the season obviously you've got uh, next week you've got uh, away to farnham 
But um, yeah, you obviously in the Prem South with with all the London teams there, Warriors, Blitz, uh, Olympians, and, and what have you. Three and five records, I think, is it so far this season, Chris? But how how was your season gone? Was well, yeah, I mean, with three and five, so we haven't had the season we were hoping for. Mm. I mean, our we usually get to about five wins on the year because of you know we are playing the top two three teams in the country every yeah. year. Yeah. So for us to compete. With those guys, we need to have a really strong year. So mm. um, you, you've just got if you're playing in London, you've just got so many so many people to recruit from. Yeah. So our catchment area is quite small. Yeah. Um, and the struggle we had this year was a, a lot of our guys. You know, we're quite heavily based on university players. We yeah. get a lot of university guys, which is great because you get that ready pool of of players that can already play. Yeah. Um, but then with university guys, a lot of them, you know, they graduate and then they move back to where they come from or, you know, they move for work. So, you know, every couple of years we're looking to rebuild the roster. Uh, this year we, we lost a, we lost just a lot of really good players this season. Yeah. So we're trying to rebuild. We've got two games left. Um, hopefully we can even our, even even schedule it at five and five. Yep. You know, that's going to be our goal. Um, and that will be a solid year in Prem Safe because, you know, Prem Safe to me is, is probably the toughest division yeah. in the country. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we really got a competitive schedule every year. No, absolutely, and I say once you've you've got the you know as soon as you see London uh, in your in your division, I suppose you you wince a little bit. But yeah, like I say, that must be quite some some travel uh, going to London, you know, three 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 times a, a year. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, our schedule. If you know, it's another issue for us, is the you know this year we we go to London, and it's not just London. It's going to like the um, the other side of London. Yeah. You know, we're going to Croydon. We're going to Finsbury Park. Yeah. Um, our closest game is Farnham. Mm. You know, that's our closest game, which is about 90 miles away. Yeah. Um, and then uh, our last game of the year is away to Bury St Edmunds. Yeah. Which yeah. is a real, it's a real journey. I know, guys. Southern football is very, very based in London. Mm. Absolutely. So yeah. So uh, obviously, you've got Farnham next week, like you say. So take us through uh, a bit more about kind of how how you operate as a team. So. Take take us through what a, a kind of week looks like. So I assume obviously you have you have training mid, during the mid, uh, midweek, and then say if you've got an away game, kind of how does how does the week play out uh, for you? Well, we had um, we had training today, but we'll also train train again Wednesday. Yeah. Um, we're very we're very keen on getting um, scout film, so we we've we always try to get as much film as we can as, as of our opponents. So we exchange film with with various teams. So during the week, the coaches, the coordinators will be looking at the film. You know, we'll, we'll try to look at one of their most recent games of whoever we're playing. Um, and then we'll, we'll try to identify what their favourite plays are, who their best players are, you know, and then devise our game plan around how we're going to take that away yeah. and make them beat us with something else. Mm-hmm. So um, once we've done that work at the early part of the week, then we'll put that into practice on a Wednesday. So we'll, we'll get the, you know, we'll do, we'll do some skate work. We'll get the, we get the defense to run some skate for the offense and vice versa. So we can get a look at what we're going to be um, playing against on Sunday. So, yeah, once we've got the game plan, we'll get that out to the players via our social media groups. And uh, we'll say, right, the, you know, these, these are their favorite plays. These are their tendencies. This is how we feel we're going to be best set to beat those plays. These are the plays that we think are going to work on offense. These are the formations, etc. Blitzes on defense, um, and just try to put together a put together a simple plan of how we take away their best guys and their best plays okay. and make them beat us with something else. Yeah, 
Okay, so yeah, obviously, um, as as with all American football teams and, and players, a lot of trust, I suppose, has to be put into the players from from yourselves and all the other coaches there that they they put the work in as well on the, the stuff that you put out. So, kind of, just want to give an, an overview of what kind of is expected from the players. Obviously, turning up to training is 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 the number one uh, overall. But you know, when when they're away from the team, or say you're travelling down, or a couple of days just before the game, what, what what's kind of expected of them to try and prepare for for the game on Sunday? Well, we we expect them to watch film. So, I mean, everybody uses Huddle, you know, pretty much. Yep. So from Huddle, you can see who's watching film yep. for the most part. You can see, you know, everyone's got an account, so we can see how many minutes they've logged on, how many minutes they're watching. We can see if they've, if, if they've been watching the film for the most part. Um, but we put the game plan out, and then, you know, we, we trust that the players are going to be reading, you know, the scouts and the formations that we put up. Yeah. Um, and we, we'll ask questions. We'll ask questions just to check knowledge as best as we can. But obviously, we're we're all amateurs. People have got, you know, their their day to day jobs and their families. So there's there's only so much time people can spend on it. But we we have to trust that the players are are watching film and they're watching the stuff that the coaches put up. And you know, all, all we can do is test knowledge on on game day. And if they know what they're doing, then they, they play. But if if they don't know what they're doing, then you know, we have to put someone else in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose it's quite easy to spot, obviously, apart from the huddle stuff, which uh, quite a number of other teams have, that I've, I've spoken to over the months uh, have said they use as well. And it's a, it's a very good tool, actually, to, to know who's logged in and who hasn't. But what's, um, you know, because if the players don't obviously put the, the time in and they, they put the effort into to look at the teams on, on the games, obviously it shows on the pitch because there'll be gaping holes that are exploited and, you know, they're going to make a, a look a fool of themselves if... Uh, if they, if they don't put it in. So kind of how, how do you, you know, have you had instances where players maybe don't put as much time in it as you'd like and how you, kind of how you combat that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get that from time to time. And obviously we don't do, we haven't got time to do a lot of conditioning during yeah. the week. So we trust the players to do their conditioning yeah. in their own time as well. So that's another thing that we trust them to do. And, and if the guys, you can tell if they haven't done their conditioning probably by the uh, midway through the first quarter so um and same with same with assignments you know same with same with same with the plays if they don't know the play yeah. you know if they haven't read the playbook you'd expect them to have been to practice and gone over it but you know if we put stuff out if we put a new coverage out or a new blitz or a new run play or a new or a new routes then you know the coaches will know if the guy yeah. if they know it or they don't know it yeah. and and to a certain extent no matter how good the athlete is if they haven't put the work in then you have to go with the guy who doesn't know what they're doing, yeah. really, because you know football's like it's like a chess match. Yeah. So you know you can't have the quarterback putting the ball somewhere where he's expecting the receiver to be and the receiver just not being there. So yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and you've got to they've got to put the work in. Yeah. You know, and and if if they don't, then it's it's next man up. Yeah, absolutely. So so talk, talking of like maybe playbooks and that kind of how. How many for those that maybe don't play or maybe interested in getting uh, getting into it? How how long do you reckon it would it takes to learn playbooks and what, what's your playbook like? Is it quite an extensive playbook or is it maybe a couple of concepts that you run different different routes out of on offense and obviously defense is maybe slightly different? But um, yeah, how 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 extensive is is the kind of the play calling and the playbook and also like audibles and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, we've got our, our offensive. We've we've been in our offensive playbook for a few years now, so it's starting to build up. Um, so both, I think, both our offensive defensive playbooks are about thirty pages long. Okay. You know, you wouldn't want to go any more than that, really. Um, and 
you know, you'd like the players to learn all of it, but pretty much as long as the offensive linemen know the blocking schemes and the receivers and the quarterbacks know the patterns, quarterbacks has to know the audibles, he has to know the checks at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, if, if he gets a certain look, especially if we've seen something in scout that he can check to another play, yeah. um, you've got to learn the hand signals. So it's certainly a, there's certainly a lot to it, you know, and you, it's, it's probably going to take you, you know, we start installing playbooks early preseason, but it probably take you a good six weeks of having everybody at practice to get the full playbook in, sure. you know, and that's, and, and that's assuming that guys are doing the work in the week as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's defensively is, is a little bit simpler. Um, but you've got, I mean, we, we run some like, um, quarter, just like, um, pattern match base coverages, a few blitzes, a few formations. So defensive football can be, can be simpler. Because to a to a certain extent, defensive football is in like you know know your keys and fly to the ball and tackle well. If you can tackle well, you can you can play defense. Yeah. So, but but even so, still probably another five six weeks to get everything in that you want to run. Mm. That you, so you have to be able to adapt to anything that the other team is going to run. So yeah. your playbook has to be big enough, you know, so that you've got you've got an answer you've got a counter punch for yeah because you know, the worst thing in football is to, is to line up and just get beat over and over and over by the same thing and just not have an adjustment for it yeah okay and so is that is that yourself and maybe some of the other coaches that maybe you know install the playbooks and come up with the plays or do you you know do you watch any kind of college stuff or nfl and, and take some learnings from that or any concepts uh, how, how do you kind of um put put your playbooks together and kind of your you know every every team has a different scheme and has a different way of playing how how do you kind of infuse that into into your team how do, how does that all come about well we've got i mean the coordinators run their playbooks yeah um and they're always adding to it and you always you always want to stay abreast of of the latest things that are coming in football so you always want to you know try and keep them fresh and keep them new you know and and, and adapt you know you know Latest last couple of years has been it's been RPOs, it's been run pass, you know, yeah. um, option football. Um, a lot of teams defensively now are teaching the defensive backs not to backpedal. You know, they're, they're doing slide technique, shuffle technique, that sort of stuff. So um, it's it's things like that. You try and stay abreast of of the latest things in football, and that's that's by you know going online and seeing the latest things that are being put out on various websites. Um, talking to coaches in the states. You know, we've got some good contacts with various coaches that coach at the, um, you know, the college level in the States. And you try to adapt your playbook. But you've also, you know, you've got to realize that we're playing British football. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the, the same time that you've got with, like, you know, NCAA athletes in the States who are practicing, like, you know, two, three times a day, uh, yeah. five days a week. So we haven't got that time. No. So you've got, to, you've got to water it down and you've got to simplify it for our guys. Yeah. Um, so you add a few plays in every year, but you've also got to be aware on of, of the teams you're playing, you know, because um, in the Premiership South, I mean, like a couple of years ago, no one was running a 3-4 defense. Now there's quite a few teams that are running a 3-4 defense. Okay. You know, a couple of years ago, you see a lot of, you see a lot of spread offenses. You see a lot of passing in the um, in the prem. Now teams are moving back to towards running the ball, two back looks, and you know going to more power running um, offenses. So you've got to be able to adapt and adapt to what you're you're playing on your own schedule. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's quite a good segue actually into the you know the next couple of years and. Um, maybe not necessarily from a Bristol Aztecs point of view, but maybe you know how how do you see the game developing over here? Obviously, like you say, we don't have as much time to put into you know 
difficult concepts or you know extensive playbooks and, and all these different types of you know again like say the, the run the running game seems to be more um i was actually quite interested to say that it's more of a, a passing game down in the prem south obviously up here it's it's, it's got a lot of power running and and the run game obviously because the quarterback's not going to make as many throws because they don't get as much chance to practice but how, how do you see the game developing over the next next couple of years from a from a from a standard point of view um and maybe perhaps your team as well well, I think over the next, uh, I, mean, I think for the game generally, you'll see, I mean, the league's being being quite careful and conservative in, in the number of teams they add each year. Yeah. So I think you'll see the, you'll see the BAFA senior teams will continue to grow and continue to add teams. I think they've, I think there's an issue in the, there, there, there are certainly some big gaps between like teams, even like you've got the top three teams say in, in in the prem and then you've got a bit of a bit of a drop off to a middle tier and then a bit of a drop off to another tier and that's just at the top flight and i think then you've got another big gap down to division one and another big gap down to division two so i think the issue that we've got in this country is there there it, there's there's really big gaps like between the lowest level teams and the highest level teams yeah. so i think that's something that you know is going to need addressing mm -hmm. I don't know what the answer is, but that's something that needs addressing. Yeah. I think moving forward, we've got to try and we've got to try and tap into um, the NFL interest in this country because yeah. I think there's about there's, there's probably about 10 million people in this country that would identify themselves as as an American football fan, and the, the majority of which have never seen a domestic game. Yeah. So there's there's got to be some kind of tie up there. Now, whether that, that's something the government can help us with. Um, but I think overall, I think the university game is getting really strong. So I think that'll continue. I think, I think to a certain extent, the university game is almost gonna will, will be the bigger game now, and be, it will be the bigger league okay. um, for the next couple of years, mm. um, because you know they're adding teams again, and you know most major universities have got football teams, mm. so that's good. That's really good for the sport, um, and hopefully those guys then graduate and go on and and carry on playing in the. Um, in, in the senior football. Mm. I mean, the, the GB team have, have, have just came back from the European Championships. They, yeah. came, five, they came fifth out of sixth. Yeah. So, you know, we need to try and invest more in the GB team and maybe we have more camps. And I don't know what the answer is there, but, you know, you, you, you think we would be able to compete with, you know, Finland and France. And so maybe we need to copy what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, you know, the French government are putting a lot of money into their program. So... Okay. Yeah, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, getting decent finance. I think into yeah. the sport because we're, we're still essentially a bunch of enthusiastic amateurs that are just trying to, you know, keep this game running without any real significant um, financial backing. So I think that's we we've got to find a way to get some more money in the game, mm. and then you can bring over imports players, you can bring over Americans, and you can bring over you can invest in your grassroots program, and you can get decent youth teams and. And get the game into all the schools in, in you know nationwide, and you know it's going to take time, but it's going to take money. And but yeah, I think that's definitely the way we've got to go. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with with, with most of that. Um, yeah, like I say, obviously, the more money you, you, the government or you know fundraising can can kind of put into it. You, obviously, again, it's all about keeping the costs low, but you know, and enticing yep. people in into the game early. You know, it's. I mean, I, I've only just kind of gotten into the game over here this year. Uh, I was predominantly NFL um, just watching, but you know, this year I moved up to Scotland yep. and and just there's, there's 
a lot more local teams up here than there were down south uh, and you know I really, I really enjoy it and I'd, I'd just love to see I'm actually very intrigued to see kind of how it develops um, over the next couple of years but like I say it's, it's quite interesting actually that you you mentioned there about the university game uh, I haven't gone to any uni games yet but again that's that's to be to be on my list but yeah essentially you know the, the amount of people that would is like say would identify themselves as an NFL fan is actually quite large so it, it'd be just a shame if that that kind of gets wasted and doesn't kind of get you know like say tapped into and, and exploited if you like to, to raise the standard of the game yeah absolutely yeah okay so let's let's move on to uh so are you, are you quite a keen NFL follower do you have a team or um you know do you, do you watch that quite a lot as well yeah, I've been um, I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since '84, oh. I think. So I've been lucky enough to go to the uh, I've been to the states ten times to watch nice. Cowboys play. Nice. So yeah, I'm a Cowboys lifelong fan. So you know, been with them through the ups and the downs. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I really enjoy NFL. I've, I've started watching probably only only in the last maybe five years. I've started watching more. College football, okay, um, and I enjoy college football because because you get you get to see a lot more. Um, there there are different types of offenses mm. in college football, yeah, and yep. it's, it's 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 there's just some interesting things about how the kickers aren't that good, you know, the kickers or you know you'll see an NFL kicker line up and every time it's almost automatic. There, yeah. you know, every PAT nearly and most field goals, but in college, like they miss relatively short field goals. Mm. Um, you see some of the, like some of the teams who, who run, still run like um, option football, like, you know, yeah. the, the, the military academies like Navy and army, yeah. Georgia tech who were running, you know, option football. So that's interesting. Cause that's something you just don't see in the NFL. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've started to watch quite a bit of college football as well as NFL mm. and NFL. I watch the Cowboys. I probably won't watch, many other games okay um but in college football i'll probably watch you know all the big games that are on really yeah, yeah. all the big scores yeah i say it's funny actually you're a cowboys fan i'm i'm a big cowboys fan myself as well so it's just for yeah as if as if it was planned but um, how, how do you think we'll we'll fare this season obviously <laughs> last season was uh the zeke the zeke elliott case obviously was a cloud over our season but i'm actually quietly confident despite the uh the uh, exits of des Bryant and jason Witten. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think if we can get back to if we can get back to the offense from previous year, mm. you know, with a, with a power running offense, yeah. um, beyond that big offensive line, you know, we seem to have added some decent guys for depth now on the offensive line. I mean, obviously last year it was you know we were decimated by injuries, but you know defensively we're we, you know you're a different team when Sean Lee's off the field. Yeah. You're a different team when Tyron Smith's off the field. Yeah. You know, you take Zeke out, and it's like, you know, hopefully this year we can we can stay injury free but we've added some decent backups you know yeah. we drafted you know we drafted the linebacker at boise state so yeah. you know we, we've brought in some decent backup offensive linemen so hopefully we've covered ourselves um and if, if the receiving core can be efficient they don't have to be great no. you know we don't need a we don't need a julio jones or an antonio brain it's like it can just be efficient yeah. um then i think we'll probably win 10 games, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping for, a, you know, maybe anywhere between 9 and 11 games, I think, yeah. hopefully. I mean, we're yeah, quite... the defence is going to be a lot better this year as well. Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree. If we go back to 2016, where we just control the clock and run the ball, keep the defence fresh, obviously, which papered over a lot of cracks in 2016, because yeah. we've, ne- we've never been a great defence. Um, but yeah. people, quite a lot of people forget we actually won nine games last season. We're pretty much a game, you know, if, it, if we beat Seattle or we beat... 
Uh, I know Atlanta was a bit of a, was a bit of a nightmare with Tyron Smith out, but if we win one of those games, it, it flips back round, and we had we'd have had ten wins. And the, you know the way everyone goes on about the Cowboys last season, anyone anyone would have thought we we had a losing record, but so we actually you know, we got to nine yeah. wins with all those yeah. problems. So um, it, it, I'm hoping we exactly. just kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just hoping we've kind of gone under the radar a little bit, and people, you know, obviously the underdog story of last year of, of Philadelphia kind of maybe transfers over to the Cowboys a little bit. But yeah, I certainly think that Tyron Smith being out kind of put the the ghosts into Dak Prescott a little bit. Didn't trust his line anymore, and I just hope the off season kind of reset him. Yeah. Zeke's back. Um, yeah, no, very, very. I'm actually quietly quite confident. So we'll 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 see. I won't I won't shout it from the rooftops. But um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, if we don't get a winning record, I think Jason Garrett is uh, is a goner. But how how just on on that final point, how, what do you think of Jason Garrett and, and his his coaching? Did you watch any of the uh, All or Nothing series on Netflix? Yeah, I did. I didn't watch it for a long time. I've, I've watched it probably in the last couple of months, and I've watched it. I haven't watched the last episode yet. I'm, I haven't quite um, worked up to watching that one yet. But I, th- I mean, I think Jason Garrett's a smart coach. I think um, I, th- I think he's 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 okay. I don't think he's a fantastic coach. But I think he's he's solid enough, um, and he's worked well with what with what we've done. I mean, I think you know J- uh, Jerry Jones has. has has been a lot better in the last few years about yeah. not in, not getting involved as yeah. much and letting Stephen Jones do more of the player personnel. I mean, we've had some fantastic drafts. Yeah, you know, we've built one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, with Zeke, I think, um, and I think, but I think Jerry Jones is now. He moved through a couple of years where you know he was sacking coaches after you know after two seasons, and I think he admits himself he a few mistakes with like yeah when he got rid of like some of those guys so um but i think garrett's a decent coach but i think you know sooner or later the the patience is going to wear thin because mm. you know we just haven't we haven't won enough playoff games yeah and we haven't been to the super bowl for for over 23 years so <laughs> yeah the, the, i think the the bridge is burning a little yeah. bit so yeah t- 23 years yeah. not that not that we're counting yeah jason garrett to me is um it's a strange one because it, it feels like he has a lot in there he just doesn't always translate over to the players he never strikes me as a great motivator or someone who's going to get the most out mm. of a player like a bill belichick you know he's yeah. i'm not going to say he's a bit of a pushover i just think that he allows th- certain things to happen that you know isn't isn't always kind of business like it's more more social yeah. club, I suppose, is kind of what I got from from All or Nothing uh, a little bit, and uh, you know he just stands on the side there, clapping his hands. Again, I, I just think he could p- potentially do more, but um, you know it's not it's not just him; it's the whole the whole coaching staff. And it was quite a good uh, yeah. insight in uh, into All or Nothing yeah. that, that we that we got. But um, it, it was yeah. yeah, it was a great show. It was like I, I think some of the players it always used to be like back in the nineties and everything, and it, it, they had problems where. If the coaches were in too hard on the guy, then then the the player would just go and talk to Jerry, and you know, yeah, it'd be like, you know, mm. undermine the coaches a little bit. So I don't know if I don't know if that still goes on. <laughs> no, well, uh, who knows? They put let's say they probably didn't show half of what they could have anyway, because of because Jerry Jones probably had a word in their ear, but. Um, Coach, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm going to get you out on this one. So, if you, if you had to give up your your coaching job and, and American football, maybe you know hypothetically didn't exist tomorrow, what 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 other interests would you would you pursue? What what else are you interested in? Um, well, it kind of takes over your life a lot, but I guess it would be more time with the family and you know just just spending more time with the kids. It would always be good. <laughs> 
lovely stuff. Okay, coach, uh, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with the last couple of games uh, of the season. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. No, you take care. Coach Powell's there of the Bristol Aztecs. So that's the first one up of our Britball week and our previews. The uh, Bristol Aztecs managed to win their game yesterday, 54-32 versus Farnham, taking their record to 4-5. and five. Just to give you an indication there, so the Warriors uh, are the champions of the, the Prem South there. have gone 9-0, nine and, nine and oh, unbeaten season so far, so obviously they'll go to the playoffs. Just to give you an idea of how, how dominant the Warriors were, uh, this season, they've scored 370 points and conceded just the 25 in the nine games. So, uh, top three there in the Prem South: the Warriors, um, London Warriors, London Blitz, and the London Olympians, and then Bristol Aztecs just below there as well. If any of you are interested in going along to the finals, the the, the Premiership final uh, will be September the 8th or 9th. But head over to Double Coverage at dblcoverage.com and find your local team. Find your you know. Go and, go and support your local team. Go and see what is going on. Um, very, very nice, tight-knit community. Um, but that, yeah, like I say, that is going to do it for the first show of our of our Britball week. Tomorrow we'll see a youth, uh, the East Kilbride Under-19s coach, Coach Davis, uh, on the show. So I hope you can join us again for that. And like I say, if you want to donate to the British game, the UK game, uh, double coverage and some other similar organisations, you head over to our Just Giving page uh, to do that and that will enable you to, to join some competitions that we're looking to line up on there. And again, they are on our website, 410yards.com, if you want to get involved with that. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for, for day one of Britball Week. Again, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you follow us on Twitter at 410yards. Subscribe uh, to the podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, all the, all the uh, usual outlets. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Been the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bye-bye for now. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com